It's awesome to see what God is busy doing. So for those of you who are on the city-based group, you will see this morning I want to be speaking on Is Your Eternity Secure? And a lot of what I'm speaking on this morning has to do with salvation because it is salvation that will tell us whether our eternity is secure or not. So if you've got your Bibles with you, won't you please turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to be reading from verse 14 to chapter 6, verse 2. Two Corinthians chapter 5, reading from verse 14. It says, For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view, Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new, sorry, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as through God, sorry, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you, and in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. And so this morning, I want to just be speaking around the subject of salvation. The dictionary says salvation is preservation or deliverance from harm, from ruin or loss. To be delivered or rescued from peril. But biblical salvation is something totally different. Biblically speaking, salvation is deliverance from sin and its consequences brought about by faith in Christ Jesus. It is deliverance from the power and the effects of sin. Isn't that incredible? When Jesus comes to reside inside of you, you will change. You cannot still be the same person that you were and claim to be a child of God. <laughs> you are a new creation, the Bible tells us. In other words, our DNA has changed. We are no longer who we used to be. We are a new creation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. If you say to me, Dion, 
I accepted Jesus a long time ago, but I'm still the same person. My life hasn't changed. The things that I do are still the same. The way that I act is still the same. The way that I speak is still the same. Then I want to be bold enough to say to you, no, you don't know Jesus. You may know about him, but you don't know him. Because if you knew him, you would be different. You might say to me, but I prayed a salvation prayer once. I want to say to you, you can't put your trust in a prayer that you once prayed. Salvation is not in a prayer. Salvation is in a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. It's not the prayer that's going to save you. It's Jesus that is going to save you. You see, in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, why did Jesus go into that garden and spend time with them? Because he loved them. He wanted to be with them. He wanted them to know him, and he wanted to get to know more of them. There was a relationship that was happening there. And when sin came in, that relationship was destroyed. It destroyed that fellowship between man and God. If you have him, who is Jesus, then you have him. If you don't have him, can I say then you are not saved? If you have him, you are saved. And nothing and no one can take you away from him. And like I said, you are not saved by a prayer. The sinner's prayer. And many people are putting their trust or their eternity in that they prayed a prayer once, long time ago. If there hasn't been a change in your life, then it was just something that you prayed. It's like the same as you saying to your mom, yes, I'm going to wash the dishes, but you never wash the dishes. Nothing has changed. The dishes are still there in the sink. The prayer doesn't change you. It is Jesus who changes you. And many people have prayed a sinner's prayer, but their life doesn't reflect the prayer that they've prayed. They are still living the same kind of life that they always lived. They are living a life of sin. And so that's why I have to ask the question, do they really know who Jesus is? Because if you know who Jesus is, your life will change. If you were sitting on a bomb, you know, like we always see in the movies, and the guy from the bomb squad came around and he said to you, I've come to defuse this bomb. And you say to him, yes, I know that you have the ability to defuse this bomb. But you know what? I'm quite happy sitting here on this bomb. And you can tell everybody, I know this guy can defuse the bomb. But you don't let him come in and take the steps that are necessary to defuse that bomb. There is going to be a time when you're going to move and that bomb is going to go off. And you are going to be blown to smithereens. And it's the same. You might know about Jesus. But do you have a relationship with him? Is he truly your Lord and your Savior? In Matthew chapter 7, verse 
15 to 20, it says this, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree, sorry, a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruit, you will know them. And I know here that Jesus is speaking about false prophets. But I believe that the same is true for us as children of God. If you say you are his child, then your life needs to line up with what you are saying. If it doesn't, forgive me, but I question your salvation. Because, like I've said, there has to be a changed life. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform miracles? Then I will say to them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So how do I have a guarantee of my salvation? Acts 4 verse 12 tells us that salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we can be saved. It is through Jesus that we are saved. There is no other name. Salvation is found in the person of Christ Jesus. It's not just through a prayer. And there are three things as human beings that all of us need to know which is found in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus answered and said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So why is he the way? We had to have a look at all the religious leaders, all the kings, all the priests, the gurus, the presidents, prime ministers, all the good people, mothers and fathers. There's not one of them that have not sinned. All of us have sinned. Romans 3 tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us are exempt from that. But can I tell you, Jesus never sinned. Jesus not once went against the will of his Father. Jesus never once went against one of the commands of his Father. He was obedient in everything that he did. Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe, the one who came to earth in human form, born of a virgin in a little town of Bethlehem, never once went against the laws of God. He was perfect and he was without sin. 
And so that is one of the reasons why he is the way. Another reason that we know that Jesus is the way of salvation is that he told us he is the way. He told us, I am the way. He declared it. In early Christianity, um, before they became known as Christians, the Christian, the, the fellowship of believers at that time, they were known as the way. And we can see that in Acts chapter 22 verse 4, I persecuted, and this is Paul speaking, he says, I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. And there are several passages in the Bible that speak about this. That Jesus is the way. And that way represents a road or a path to Jesus. And that was laid down by God the Father, and he wants us to follow that way to his Son. And so I want to read a couple of those verses. Isaiah 35 verse 8. It says, a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on the way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. Proverbs 16 verse 25 says, There is a way that appears or seems to be right, but in the end it leads to death. And so this verse is telling us that there is another way, and this is the way that Jesus wants us to follow, and it's a way that doesn't lead to death, but it's a way that leads to life. And it is found in him. In Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask, where is the good way? And then walk in it. Matthew 7, verse 13 to 14, it says... Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road or the way that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road or the way that leads to life, and only a few find it. The way of life, the way that we should follow has been provided for us by Jesus Christ. And he is expecting us to follow the way that he has laid out for us to follow. And he doesn't want us to deviate off that road. He says if you start looking at other things, or if you deviate off the road, you are going to get caught out. And you're going to get led down the road into a life of sin. So he says, follow my way, follow the good way, and don't go down that road. Jesus, as he is speaking about himself to his disciples, says, I am the way. If you want to go to be where my father is, you need to follow the way that I have laid out for you. And then he says, I am that way. Follow me. Follow the way that I've told you to go. Do what I am doing. Do what I've done. 
And this will lead you to my Father. And so I want to say to us that we need to stop trying to get to Jesus or stop trying to get to the Father by our own way. Our own way is not going to get us to the Father. If we try and do it in our own way, in our own strength, the Bible likens us to a thief who is trying to come in over the wall instead of coming through the door who is Jesus. And we don't want to be a thief. We want to come in the right way through Jesus who is the door. Jesus is not just one way among many ways. And I want you to hear that clearly. The world is saying, but there are many ways to the Father. Jesus is saying, no, there is only one way. And I am that way. So can I say, stop chasing after all these other things, all these other ways, because there is only one way. Jesus is the door. And he says, come through me. And if we go through him, we will end up being where the Father is. So why is he the door? Why is he the way? And Hebrews 9 verse 28 tells us, So Christ was crucified once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Nobody else can do this. Nobody else has ever done it. It is only Jesus who could open up the way for us because he lived a life that was perfect without sin. And in doing so, when he went to the cross, he took upon himself all of our sin and he paid the price in full for our sin so that we could be in right standing with Father God. The second thing that Jesus said is that he is the truth. Jesus goes on to tell us he is the way and the truth. And scripture tells us that Jesus is the word of truth. In John 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. When Jesus says truth, he means his father's words. It's not his words, it's his father's words. John 17, verse 17 says, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. You see, God's word is the truth. And it is unchangeable. I want to say to you, believe what Scripture says. Stop listening to the lies of the devil who's coming with his cunning schemes and saying, but this word is not the truth. They haven't put everything in the Bible. There are other things they've left out that are important. And he comes and he sells us a lie and we start believing that lie and we start doubting the word of God. We cannot believe the lie of the enemy. The word of God is true and we can trust in it. We can believe on it. We can put our faith in it. In this truth that comes from God has been given to his son Jesus 
And then Jesus has taken that truth and he has entrusted it to us. And he wants us to take that truth and to go and tell it to other people. In John 6, verse 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Isn't that incredible? John is saying out of all these other people, where can we go? You are the only one who has the words of eternal life. Church, it is only Jesus who has these words of eternal life. And he is the truth. So who is the truth? It is Jesus. He is the way and he is the truth. And then thirdly, Jesus says that he is the life. He is the source of all life. Not only physical life, but spiritual life as well. And eternal life. Jesus is the source of all of that. Some of the first words that Jesus recorded in John of the, of this, is this well-known scripture in John 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You see, so Jesus gives us this promise of eternal life. And in 1 John 2 verse 25, it says, And this is what he promised us, even eternal life. So Jesus has promised us eternal life if we will follow his way of doing things. According to his promise, the blood of Christ Jesus takes away the sin of those who repent and turn away from their sinful ways. 1 John 1 verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son purifies us from all sin. And I know I'm reading a lot of Scripture, but Scripture speaks louder than my words. 1 John 5, verse 11 to 13. And this is the testimony God has given us, eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. You see, there is no life in anyone else except in Jesus. And if you're trying to find life in your through your work, through your sport, through your family, through your friends, through your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband and wife, can I say to you, you will never find life in those things or in those people because life is found in Jesus. He is the only one who will give you true life. John 5 verse 26 to 30 for as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear this voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will 
rise to li- uh, will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. By myself, I cannot do. Uh, by myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but Him who sent me. So I want to get back to that question that I asked at the beginning. Is your eternal life secure? You say to me, Dion, I'm not so sure. Well, I want to go through a few verses that you can look at your own life and judge your own life by to see whether your eternity is secure. And with that, I'd like to encourage you as well, go and read 1 John. It speaks a lot about our salvation in 1 John. So go and do yourself a favor. Go and read through those chapters. So 1 John 5 verse 11, and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. So can I ask you, do you have the Son? Do you have Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you have a personal relationship with Him? Or is He just somebody you know about? Because if you just know about Him, that's not good enough. That's not going to get you eternal life. It's knowing Jesus personally that is going to get you eternal life. 1 John 5 verse 5, who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You see, we can't just believe that Jesus was a good name. Jesus was the Son of God. Not just some man who did some good things. No, 100% fully man, but 100% fully God, who came to this earth. And paid the price for you and me. Then 1 John 4 verse 15. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God. God lives in him. And he in God. And then Romans 10 verse 13. It says for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Will be saved. See, when Jesus was crucified on that cross, while he was hanging there, there were two men, one on either side of him. The one man mocking Jesus, saying, if you truly call yourself the Son of God, why don't you ask for angels to come and help you off the cross? This is my own version. Why don't you get off the cross if you are truly the Son of God? man on the other side of the cross basically rebuking him saying we are being punished for what we've done we are being paid the penalty for what we have done is just we deserve death he's saying why are you mocking this man who has done nothing wrong and then he says to Jesus will you remember me today 
when you go to your kingdom. You see, that man realized that he was getting the just penalty for the wrong that he had done. And he realized that Jesus was a man without sin and that he was being punished for something that he hadn't done. And he says, Jesus, remember me. And what does Jesus say? Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. And so church, I want to ask you, do you know Jesus? Is he your Lord and Savior? Or are you putting your faith in a prayer that you prayed once many, many years ago and that brought no change to your life? And this is an important question to ask ourselves because our eternity with Jesus hangs in the balance here. And I want to say to you, Jesus wants you to make a good and wise decision. He wants you to follow his way, a way that leads to the Father. Don't follow your own way or the ways of this world because it will lead to death and destruction. But Jesus says, follow my way. And so I want to encourage you this morning that if you don't know Jesus, Yes, there is a prayer that we pray. But if that prayer doesn't change your heart, it means nothing. It's just words that you've said. But if you truly mean it and you're saying, Jesus, I realize that my life is a mess without you. Just like that man on the cross, he realized that without Jesus, his life was a mess. And if we realize it and we say, Jesus, I'm sorry for what I've done. I realize that without you, I'm going to an eternity that is an eternity that is waiting for me, that there is going to be eternal punishment. And I don't want that. I want to turn from my wicked ways. I want to follow you. I want you to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. And if you pray that and you truly mean it, then Jesus will come into your life and he will change you. He says, if you will repent and turn from your wicked ways, then I will come. And I will be your Lord and your Savior. But if you're not willing to turn from your wicked ways, and you just pray the prayer thinking that it's fire insurance, it's going to prevent you from going to hell, then I really question, do you, that you know Jesus so church, let's make sure. During this Christmas season, it's a time where we celebrate the birth of Jesus. It's where the Father's plan started, where Jesus came to offer up his life for us. Make sure your life is right with Jesus. Can we pray? Father, I don't know everybody in this place. There are many new faces. But even out of the old faces, Father, many times we can just confess that we know you. But actually, deep down, 
There is no relationship with you. On the other side, Father, there are many who have backslidden, who've turned their backs on you. And to you, I'm saying, come back to Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. Put your life back in the right hands. Hand over the reins of your life back to Jesus again. And repent and turn from your wicked ways. Surrender to him. So I'm, I'm putting this out to you this morning. That if you don't know Jesus, don't leave here with unanswered questions. Don't leave here not knowing where you will spend eternity. You need to know that your eternity is secure. And I want to say to you as well, don't think that hell is an awesome place where you're just going to hang out with your buddies. It is a place that, has, that Jesus didn't create for mankind. It was a place for the devil and his demons. But because of the decisions that we make, we will either go to spend eternity in hell or eternity in heaven with Jesus and the Father. So can I say to you, make a wise decision. Put Jesus first in your life and live for him. And so if you don't know him, at the end of this meeting, come and speak to myself or to one of the other leaders. And we'd love to just pray with you and just spend a few minutes telling you what you need to do to be a child of God, how you need to live your life and allow Jesus to come in and to change you. But don't leave here not knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Father, I thank you for these wonderful people who've come here this morning. I pray your blessing upon them. And Father, I pray that we will take this word that you have given us, that we will be those ambassadors of Jesus Christ and take this word and declare it wherever we go, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I ask this in your wonderful and precious name, Jesus.